its way to Cuthbert. There's another big hole, and this time the Blues have found the net. Kante. Chilwell wants it on the edge of the box. Into Lukaku. It is Chilwell! Yeah. He's done it again! Towards Kerr. It's a handy ricochet. Harder! 2 1. What's up, Blues fans? Brandon London here, and I want to welcome you to Chelsea Mic'd Up, the official Chelsea FC podcast. And I'm coming to you live from New York City, and I brought my friends with me. It's true. I'm Emily. I'm here from NHL opening week because I cover the NHL, so I had to take a week off. But I'm back and ready and here in Chicago. Glad to have you back, Emily. This is Andre. I am in the DMV. It's so good to have a full house. Welcome back, Emily. I'm currently sat in the press room here at Cobham, fresh off the back of the Champions League press conference featuring Thomas Tuchel and Rhys James. Yeah, it's great to have Emily back. And Andre, I'm glad that you uh, shouted her out and said, you know, welcome her back. Because unlike when Andre was away, Chelsea got some W's, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, if you watch the matches, you know there weren't easy W's at all. Chelsea had to get rough and tough, like in the NHL. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. You can say whatever you want. There we go. There we go. So the Chelsea women got their first Champions League victory of the season, beating Juventus in a scrappy matchup, to say the least. But the game-winning goal came from our girl, Pernilla Harder. And then the Chelsea's men remain on top of the Premier League table with their crucial one-year victory over local rival Brentford. And I don't want to jinx it just yet, ladies and gentlemen, but it looks like we're starting to pull away a little bit here. Today's episode, you'll hear from Thomas Tuchel, Pernella Harder, and all four of us as we take a deep dive into our club's matches. A little disclaimer, we're recording this episode before the Mamo match. But you'll hear our take on that performance towards the end of the episode. Plus, a very special interview from New York Giants safety, Xavier McKinney. Let's go Blues! Now let's talk about what went down this past week in London. It was a hard-fought win for Chelsea, even though they had 50. 57% of possession, but just got one shot on target while Brentford had seven. Edward Mendy, ladies and gentlemen, whoa, wow, whatever you want to say, the guy is unreal. The Brentford attack did not stop for the final 20 minutes, but that wasn't a problem for our brick wall, aka Mendy. I feel like the term man of the match is still somewhat of an understatement for his performance. We only had one shot on goal. That one shot on target was all we needed because Ben Chilly Chilwell scored the only goal of the match just before halftime, and it was a beautiful volley once again. He's got two goals, ladies and gentlemen, and it's looking like he's on track for 10 at this rate, and it's pretty incredible that Chilly has only started twice this season, but he always has a game-changing performance anytime he's on the pitch, and we say this every week, the depth on this squad is truly unmatched. And that's why we're on top and starting to break away from the pack. Here's the boss on the momentum moving forward. Well, you know, this is, it was really tough to fight for this and, and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with the performance in the first 65, 70 minutes because it, it looks maybe easy or it looks like the favorite is better, but to play here in Brentford like this, you need to do a lot of invisible work and you need to, do, you need to be, uh, put a lot of effort into stuff 
that is not so obvious to everybody to where, where you collect second balls, third balls, keep the composure, play out of the pressure. So I'm, I'm very happy and in the end it's, these are the games where you maybe during a season sometimes escape uh, with a bit of luck and quality of the goalkeeper. And Chelsea women take home all three points in their 2-1 Champions League victory against Juventus. That's a Juventus squad that is on a 30-game winning streak in Serie A. And that seemed to be no problem for the women as they controlled the majority of the first half with a goal from Aaron Cuthbert in the 30th minute. Then our girl, Pernella Harder, she always gets a shout-out on this podcast. She sent one flying to the back of the net. Take a listen to Harder on the crucial victory yeah first of all three important points uh it was a difficult game away in juventus uh, unbelievable stadium and they had a lot of fans behind them i think i think we could feel that they had a lot of energy juventus i think actually they did a good game um we play really good in periods when we let the ball go when we play fast i think we we exploit the spaces they give us um but i also think we could do that even more um we changed something in second half defensively and i think it it helped a lot I think we were stronger in defense in the second half, and uh, and yeah, that's also when we when we got the second goal. The thing is, it defined us, defines us. We we don't give up. We we keep going. We keep creating chances. We yeah, we don't want to go off the pitch without the three points. Emily, let's go. Welcome back, guys. I missed you. I missed you so much. Not as much as I miss Edward Mendy because holy cow, what a performance he had! And I'm sure we're gonna talk a lot about him. I just wanted to give two shout outs to other guys in the Brentford game who I just think deserve it. One, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, man of the match in the first half. It felt like he was just going on a few really exciting runs. He looked super dynamic. It felt like everything was running through him, and it's just so nice to see. I think it's probably not nice to see for Sal Nuguez because he just sits on the bench because Ruben is playing so well. But honestly, this is a guy that came up through academy so many people are rooting for, and it's nice to see him emerge in this role. And then how about Malang Sar? Like, this is the new player that I'm just going to have such a hard time not rooting for. Like, I call these type of players my sweet princes. He comes in there, <laughs> his first Premier League game, and he gets 10 clearances, six interceptions, which is the most by a Chelsea player in any Premier League game this season. Just winning all of his ground duels, winning all of his tackles, accurately passing. And I love what he said after the match when they're like, when did you find out you were starting? And he's like, you know, I just prepare for every match like it's the same. I'm like, no wonder Thomas Tuchel loves this guy. This is exactly the type of mindset you want. He's quality. Uh, he's so composed. I mean, you mentioned a couple of people that I was going to talk about as well there. I mean, Malang Sarr. Phew, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, do. <laughs> you do. That's why we missed you, you see. Uh, by the way, I've brought along my selection of bougie drinks for you. I've got water in a can. I've got a ginger shot. A water, water in a can. A, a ginger shot. Did so, you say oh. water in a can? <laughs> water sure in a can. Environmentally <laughs> friendly, Brandon. You can recycle the can. Well, we do have box water over here as well. So. Right. There, there you go. Going. There you go. Keep so you cut down on the plastic, recycle the cans, <laughs> away you go. I feel like I've digressed a little bit. Malangsa, brilliant. I mean, 22, Premier League debut, impressive on the pitch, impressive after the match as well with all the post-match uh, media that he had to do. Exceptional English, really good guy. Alongside Trevor Chalaber, 22. Andreas Christensen, crazy to think he was the most experienced of the three at 25. And Andreas as well, he's just playing with such personality at the moment, playing out in the middle of that three. Um, he was key. Ruben, we're going to talk about a little bit later. You know I love Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, I'm not allowed favourites in my role, but he's just one of those players that you're desperate to just do well. And it's it's such an incredible story. And Brandon, we spoke, didn't we, last week about Jorginho's story being a potential Netflix special. 
Ruben's got to be on that list as well. I mean, he's been here since he was under eight. He came through the academy. He had uh, growing pains. He was playing. He's always he's always played up. It sounds like a, you know, something that's, that's not a good thing, but he's always played up an age group. So, for example, we have a, a competition here uh, for the under-18s called the Youth Cup. Always a huge competition for the youngsters, especially at the, the Chelsea Academy of such a fantastic record in recent years. Uh, Ruben was going to play in the Youth Cup as a 15-year-old. Um, he was that highly thought of. He then suffered a hip injury, was out for the whole season, and then came back to, to make a substitute appearance in the second leg of the final. Then went on to win it three times after that, before then being given his... Premier League debut under Jose Mourinho. Uh, and it was interesting talking to him actually off camera at the weekend. I said, oh, you're a slightly deeper role for you this week. And he said, yeah, he goes, actually, he goes, if you go back and watch my first Premier League start against Liverpool, I played in a deeper role. I said, right, yeah, you did. And he was marking Felipe Coutinho when he was at Liverpool. So how about that for a start? But it, it's, it's such a good story, you know, for him to have overcome the injuries, the, the injury that he suffered in Boston, that you know, was an awful one. It took him a year to come back to then go out play on loan for Fulham to come back to look leaner, meaner and terrorising defences again. Uh, Andre, I know you're a fan, but just from the third minute at the weekend to see him on that half turn and, and running at Brentford was a joy to behold, wasn't it? He's always been one of my players that I'm like, if, if we can get this guy healthy, he's got all the talent and ability in the world to do some things. Like he's one of those midfielders that has a rare combination of skills. He just doesn't exist. He's a big dude, but he's so, so quick with the ball, with his feet. And he's so clever. That that turn that you talked about, I just like, I laughed. <laughs> I just I was yeah, sitting yeah. on my couch and I just laughed. It's one of those things that just brings out a moment in you. And I was over here, I was thinking like, he's one of those players where certain midfielders, you just don't want to press them because they're going to make you look silly. And he's he's one of those players where if you run at him, he knows all the little deft turns and touches of the ball where he's just going to make you run right by him. It's like a, it's, it's, it's like a magic trick. It's amazing to watch. I also wanted to shout out Chili. We mm. talked about him, yeah. you know, two goals and two starts. That was incredible. And listen, a left foot volley like that, that's something like close to my heart. Like watching that in slow motion is just art. The way the ball came off his foot and just spun right by the goalkeeper. I'm, I was, <laughs> that's another one of those moments. I just stare at the screen, like the, the amount of technique in a shot like that. And it came off of like a deflection. It's not like he was set up for that. He had to like adjust his body to hit it that way. And he had to adjust incredible. his body and get there. But like, I love the like two seconds before where he's waving his hands like a madman. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm unmarked. Come to me. Like, please, please, please. I'm in the box. My left foot is great. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like today's going to be a, a defensive appreciation podcast then. I mean, no Tiago Silver, no Antonio mm -hmm. Rudiger. And remember last week, in last week's episode, we talked about the, the Netflix special of Jorginho's story, but also... <laughs> how this game, how this game could have went. But if you think about our defenders, when, when you saw that, that Malang Saar, Andreas Christensen, and Trevor Chalobah was going to, to be the starters, I'm going to be honest, I was kind of nervous. Three hadn't played together yet. I feel like the biggest moment in the match, I think it was 82nd minute, 83rd minute, Mindy had that unreal save. But Trevor Chalobah mm. run about 30, 40 yards. We say yards here in America. 34 meters. I don't, I don't know the measure. Yards will do. Yards <laughs> is good. Yeah. So we can do yards. Yeah, he ran yeah. about 30, 40 yards to get in goal and made that save to keep the lead. And when you talk about Chile, our defenders have now scored eight of our 16 goals in the Premier League this season. 
So our defense is stepping up in some of the most crucial moments within this season. Obviously, I'm an offensive American football player, so I want to score points, but I mean, defense wins championships. This was one of those matches. We talked about it last pod, but we were a little concerned about Brent, this Brentford match, right? And Thomas Tuchel, I think, with the starting 11, I actually really loved it. I know there's pockets of Chelsea Twitter that were not happy yeah. uh, with the lineup, but Tuchel said basically, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the guys that have been here training. And that was incredible to see. Mm. And then you see the lineup yeah. and you're like, wow, he like genuinely did. And it ended up working. Now, obviously, we got to talk about, when we talked about the defense, uh, our goalkeeper. <laughs> Okay, yeah. How have we not talked about Mendy yet? <laughs> yeah, uh, Edward Mendy has been. That was incredible. I mean, Brentford made two attacking changes before I think the 70th minute, and that just completely changed the match. Like the control was lost, really hard to keep possession, but he stepped up. Like Brandon just mentioned, Chalaba too. He he got on the line to make that clearance. That was the only ball that got by Mendy. I mean, he was outrageous in this match for a whole 20 minute stretch. Like you normally you see a guy make like a couple saves like that throughout the match. And you're like, oh man, the goalkeeper had an amazing match. He does it within the span of 20 minutes. It's like, what is he? That 93rd minute with that bicycle kick <laughs> and the reaction on that. Like my, one, yeah. my heart, my heart dropped. My heart dropped. But then when you see him make that save, it's unreal that this guy is not getting enough recognition around the world it boggles my mind that he was almost out of football at one mm, point in his yeah. life yeah, yeah. yeah you talk about a netflix special yeah <laughs> you could absolutely do one well because his stuff. story is is incredible yeah we're, <laughs> we need to do a chelsea series on netflix, yeah, netflix. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got ideas <laughs> okay we got to talk about the women because we're talking about players that show up in big matches pernilla harder's last three games she scores that equalizer against wolfsburg the winner against Leicester, and then the winner against Juventus. And it's like, she's not carrying the team on her back right now, but there's certain times in the season where someone just rises to that level where they're it, and she's it right now. It's interesting, Emma, how you speaking about her after the, the Juventus game, and she did the press conference alongside her. She said, I'm not just saying this because she's next to me, but, uh, and it's, she just said, she is world-class in everything that she does. She she lifts everybody around her, whether that be in training or in a match situation. She has the the ability as you touched on there, Emily, to win games, to score goals, to to lift that level. She is something special under her, isn't she? She absolutely is. And this is kind of what I wanted to see. I didn't I didn't quite want Chelsea to be in these positions where she had to do this, but I wanted to see her step up to be like, you know, Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby developed that incredible partnership last season. And it was great to see, but you but then it kind of it, it's like Pernilla Harder took that step back and kind of let them shine. And which obviously that was great, but we needed we need the whole front three to be firing. And that's what I was really looking forward to this season. And she has really stepped up. I, I think the changes that that Emma Hayes made and I know there were there were weird formation changes. We started in the three, four, three. And then at the when we were chasing the goal, we went to a four, three, three. We had Google Wrights and playing left back, which was wild because she's really not a left back. But we had to do something, had a ton of possession against Juventus. And it worked. And Pernilla Harder got still found the kind of spaces where she can be dangerous. And I think that, you know, I talked about Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby last season and how instrumental and how good they were. I think, unfortunately, that made people forget just how good Pernilla Harder is. That is one of the top, oh, I don't know, five players in the world, at least uh, attacking wise. She is incredible. And we're starting to see that more and more in Chelsea shirt. And that's what I wanted to see. Now, if they could just stop hurting my heart. 
Yeah. <laughs> like Brandon <laughs> says, these, yeah, these heart attack matches are killing me right now, man. Those are the men and the women. Like, can we just have a comfortable three nil win? What happened to those? This is her 32nd goal in 40 Champion League games. And she said it. She says, I feel like I'm in a flow. And I know what that means. When an athlete talks like that, when when and and Emily, you know it from, from hockey, when they're in that flow, when they're in that energy, you just you can't be stopped. And it just this team, this Chelsea women's team just continues to impress. The women are on a well-deserved international break. They'll be back on Halloween to play Man City in the FA Cup semifinal. But we'll get in depth on that next week uh, leading up to that match. Like we kind of mentioned, Brentford was a tricky start to our upcoming run of fixtures. But we've got to keep the pace and power to grab the three points against Norwich this weekend. So let's look ahead. Chelsea versus Norwich. What do you guys think this lineup's going to look like? Tuchel, is he going to bench Chilwell? Because Chilwell, Chile is in his form right now. Ruben continues to dominate. Saar just had a, a fantastic debut. Christensen showed leadership, poise. So what does Tuchel do, guys? Wow. It's, it's another fascinating one, isn't it? And I mean, we, we spoke last week about this run of games and, and how maybe it was an opportunity uh, to, to build momentum. And that they're going to be, we, we're recording this podcast before the Malmo game, which is, yeah, it's a huge game in the Champions League. group. This back-to-back fixtures with, with Malmo are key in the context of this group. And then there's barely any time to breathe because you're straight into the, to the next game, it's Norwich, and then it's Southampton in the Carabao Cup, and then Newcastle, then Malmo again, then Burnley. Whew. So it, it is relentless. And, and Thomas spoke in the press conference ahead of the Champions League game about the, the amount of football that these guys are playing. And um, we've seen it. He's he's been able to to mix things up. He's been able to to change personnel, maybe tinker the shape. And kudos to him and also to the, this current group that he's able to do that. Because if you look at other teams, I'm not going to pick on Tottenham, but if you look at the, the team that, that Tottenham selected at the weekend, it was the same as the one they played prior to the international break. So, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo very much reliant on a, on a core group of, of players, it seems. Whereas Thomas Tuchel has the, I don't want to call it a luxury, but he has that ability to, to mix and match. But Norwich are an interesting one. They're, they're yet to win a Premier League game. Uh, along with Burnley and, and Newcastle. But they have kept two clean sheets back-to-back now against Burnley and against Brighton without, without scoring. Um, but you can, you can see it as one of those games where they've reverted to, to sort of five at the back, three or five, depending on whether they're in or out of possession. So you can see it being one of those teams, again, that plays a low block. And they'll, they'll stodge it up a bit and they'll make it difficult for, for Chelsea to break them down. They don't have Billy Gilmore due to the, the terms of his loan, of course. But um, they've still got some attacking threats there, especially in Timu Buki. Um, it won't be a given. It will not be a given. They will, they will come. They will sit deep. They will try and soak up the pressure and catch them on the counter-attack. You don't want it to be another one of those nervous games where you're waiting and waiting. An early goal would be nice, wouldn't it? So you hope for a fast start, an early goal, calm those nerves so we can then sit back and and hopefully enjoy the game. Okay, you mentioned Billy Gilmore. It's interesting because I was doing some research on Norwich and then I see their manager makes a little news cycle this week by saying that like, oh, I'm not playing him or Brandon Williams, who's another high profile transfer there because I'm not here to please Chelsea or those big clubs. I got to do what's best for me. And I'm reading this and I'm like, this feels like bulletin board material. I hate this guy. Now yeah. I have a reason to like have a rivalry with him. And like, now I want to beat this team and I want sure. the best for Billy Gilmore. And let's get him out of that loan and back with our club. <laughs> 
Chelsea does have a lot of players that can start. And, and as we see, this is why I really love that Brentford lineup because it, it was a completely different lineup. Haven't seen that. You know, there was a debut. That whole back line was very, like you mentioned, Andreas Christensen was the, was the old, you know, he was old head on that back line. Uh, and that's just wild. So I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. I mean, Chelsea, you know, Lee mentioned how many matches are coming up, but that's a match every like three or I think we only have four days of rest. I got the longest one until like the, the first week of November is over. I think it's just going to be match after match after match. And so I am expecting to see some rotation. I wouldn't be surprised to see Lukaku rested. As Emily said, he has played, you know, Tuchel is very aware of how many minutes he's played. I still don't think that they've quite figured him out yet, uh, how, to play, how to use him. I think it's actually funny. I mentioned, you know, a couple of podcasts ago, Azpilicueta seems to be the one. He just kicks it at him. Just kick the ball at him and say, here you go, go do something with that. And that's really how they have to use him. But Tuchel doesn't like conceding too much possession. So it's kind of difficult if you fire a ball in there and he doesn't control it, then all of a sudden you're on defense. So it, it is going to be interesting to see how they integrate him, but I think, a, I think some rest could do him well and, you know, bring in Havertz. We haven't seen him. He came back from the international break. I think you give him, you probably give Werner, uh, Werner a chance up there. So yeah, I think the lineup is going to be rotated again, but it wouldn't surprise me to see um, a, a couple names in there uh, that we kind of have expected. Uh, seeing them on the bench. No, we haven't mentioned the big American elephant in the room, which is uh, <laughs> Christian Pulisic. And I'm sorry mm. I called him an elephant, but I love elephants. They're good animals. Um, keep digging. But, <laughs> I'm going to keep digging. My, dirt, my fingernails are there so dirty go. right now. Um, but no, and it's like a bummer because it seemed like he was really close to returning with the club. Lee, you were just telling us before, and he had a setback. It seems like it was a pain setback, which is never good. You never want a player to be in pain. You know, he's missed so many matches, and we just want him to get healthy. Um, but in the meantime, we'd have to go with who we have. And you mentioned Kai Havertz. That's a guy that listening to Thomas Tuchel this week, it sounds like he's challenged him to step up and says that we know Kai can get to that next level. And I'm curious if he especially comes off the bench of a spark, um, he might be able to provide and hopefully he'll get an opportunity with Lukaku, but it might just be nice for other guys to get chemistry and figure things out. And then we can reinsert Lukaku into the lineup and Voila, it's magic. We just score all the goals with our forwards. All right, so it's time for a little predictions. Predictionist. All right, everybody, you got to check out the feature on the Fifth Stand app. It's called Chelsea's Play Predictor. Uh, during all Chelsea matches this season, you can make predictions about the final score, the first goal score, number of shots, all of that. And you can go up against your fellow fans or our experts that we have here on this show right now. And you can predict the Blues' performance. So make sure you download the Fifth Stand app today and get your predictions in. Now it's time for me to go full Swami. Let me let y'all go first. What do you think the score is going to be for Chelsea Norwich? Go. All right. I know it's been a week since I was last on. You might remember I was a big cocky American elephant about <laughs> uh, the women's match. I thought we were going to min 6-0. It didn't quite go that way. Um, so... Listening to what Lee said specifically about them stodging it up in the defensive zone and uh, making it harder for our forwards, I like a good 2-0. I think we score one in each half. It's a comfortable win. Andre is bowing his head because I know he was about to make the same prediction. Yes, I absolutely was. Um, I was going to say I would like to see Saul in a three-man midfield. We've done a 3-5-2 a couple times, and I think that would really unlock his like attacking abilities. And coming in from the left is really important. So I was going to go... 2-0 and say it was going to be somewhat comfortable, you know, score early, get another one, you know, in the second half, like you just said. So I'm not going to copy you. I'm going to say we'll get another one for a 3-0 that'll ease my heart. Like I said, I've been waiting for one of those. Love that. 
hopefully we get a three nil and and it's just one of those games that we control from start to finish and everybody's happy and my heart does not continue to pay out of my chest <laughs> cocky american elephants thank you i'm looking to it okay i'm gonna be a complete hypocrite go against everything i said five minutes ago it's gonna be comfortable <laughs> Ruben's going to run midfield, 4-0. Oh, 4-0, wow. I'm going to go 3-1. I think uh, I, I think we have to score a lot. I, I don't think when you're playing some, the worst team in the league, you you have to put up points. You have to put up a performance. So I'm going to go 3-1 on this one. We mentioned we're talking about elephants, the elephants in the room. That's what's going to get us. That's what's going to get us to our uh, the introduction to this interview because we have a very special guest. We're talking elephants, giant safety Xavier McKinney, but he was Alabama safety, Roll Tide, Alabama Crimson. You know, their mascot is an elephant, uh, you know, so you see what yeah. I did there, people? You know, yeah. Yeah. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. <laughs> so Andre and I got a chance to talk to him about blue being the color his friendship with Mason Mount that developed through Call of Duty, which is the greatest game on earth, and his legendary first NFL interception off of a certain Man City supporter. Quarterback, check it out. His heart pumps crimson, but he bleeds blue. Safety from Alabama, now current New York Giants safety, Xavier McKinney. Hey, thanks for joining the Chelsea Mic'd Up uh, podcast, man, the official podcast for Chelsea FC. First and foremost, diving right into it, you being from Georgia where high school football is king, how do you get into soccer? I appreciate y'all for having me, man. You know, it's been a, a great journey to get to this point, man. I think uh, when I was coming out, you know, I've always played, um, kind of been into soccer, but not that much. Uh, never paid a whole bunch of attention to it. Um, but as I... Well, once I, uh, you know, left college, my agency was out of London. So um, a lot of the, the people that they had in the agency um, and the part of the team were, were soccer players. Um, so, you know, I eventually got into it um, and actually my mom went over there to London to, to, watch, a, to watch a match, a soccer game. So um, it was something that I got into, uh, kind of fell in love with just uh, like quickly with it. Um, and I became a fan of Chelsea and, and that's pretty much where it started. Uh, me and Mason Mount, we kind of linked up a little bit, got on the game, played some games, um, and we met each other just uh, over online, and so we chopped it up a little bit. To go deeper into that, and then uh, Andre, jump in with a question. Like, you said you, you signed with an agency out in, in London. That's that's not the norm for an American football player coming out of college. You know, most guys, Jay-Z, Rock Nation or something, you know, like, how did that come about? Like, how did that connection come to a, a agent overseas? Well, it was it was really different for me. Um, I've always kind of been a guy that you know wanted to kind of follow my in my own footsteps. I didn't want to really follow what everybody else was doing. Um, obviously, I knew it would be you know something different for me and my family. Uh, just you know having something that was so far away um, from 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 the states. Um, so it was it was just a different vibe, a different feel. And obviously, I was a, a more comfortable with them. Uh, than I was with anybody else. Um, so, you know, that was something that, that kind of pushed me towards it. Um, I got a great agent, uh, Reggie Johnson, um, somebody that, you know, he take care of me um, and uh, we, we we connect well. So uh, that's where it came about. And, and, you know, that's how it all started. 
I got a question for you about the Mason Mount thing. Y'all said you you connected playing games. I, I need to know what game, and I also need to hear some trash talk. What what what's the record between y'all when y'all go head to head? It's crazy, man, because um we actually didn't we didn't play against each other. We were playing Warzone. Uh, this was probably I don't even know, man. It might have been a year or two ago, but we got on Warzone. We actually linked up first on uh, on IG. We just kind of exchanged uh, exchanged some words, said what's up to each other. Um, you know, got to meet him, and then we eventually got on Warzone on Call of Duty when it was pretty much a, a big thing at the time. Um, and at first, it was kind of hard because you know the time zones was were, were different. So yeah. we tried to get each other on the same time zone where he was able to get on uh, while I was able to get on at the same time without it being uh, you know kind of out the way. But you know, we didn't have no trash talk. Uh, we we were we were a team. So you know that was that was a good that was a good thing about it. Any dubs? You guys get any dubs? Oh man, I think we we I think we got one dub, man. Right. I think we got one dub. We we played we played quite a few games, so I think we definitely got one dub. Uh, we actually we just talked not too long ago. Um, we we were planning on getting back on, but obviously we've both been busy, so. Um, but I'm sure we'll we'll get back on it eventually and catch some more though. All right, so let's say you guys are on the headset, you're playing together. Do you ever ask them like, what, what's your guys' season like compared to what's your season like? Because you're both at the top of your profession, the top. Yeah. Of your so when, if you are to ask questions or talk to him about, hey, like standard operations for those guys over there, what kind of questions would you ask them? Because I'm sure you're you're interested in their lifestyle as well. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, some questions that I would probably ask is just kind of, you know, how it, how much different is it, uh, the work work ethic part of it, of being in a soccer, you know, uh, uh, realm of things, of sports, and, and obviously I'm in football, so it's a lot different. I know they do different things. So I'll probably just ask them, like, what do they do as far as, like, working out, as far as film study? Like, I know it's a lot, a lot different for, for football, obviously. Um, so I think that would probably be the biggest thing that I would ask them. Uh, we ain't really talk much. Like when we when we did play and we, when we do talk, we don't really talk much about you know uh, sports a lot. You know, we just have normal conversation. We get to know each other, and uh, we actually did talk about him coming to a game and me actually going you know to one of his matches. So uh, hopefully at some point we can do that in the future. But obviously with the schedules, uh, it'd be hard to hard to get it done. No, you mentioned the the schedule. The one thing I'm wondering is like you mentioned the time difference earlier too. Like how do you keep up to date with all the games going on? Are you waking up super early to watch them? Are you catching a, a, yeah. catching them later? Like, how does that work with your schedule? How the schedules are already, I never really get to watch the games just because of, like you said, I would have to wake up super early. Like, I got stuff in the morning, so uh, it's hard to do that. But my agency keeps up. Like, obviously, they're always in tune with that stuff. So we always kind of go back and forth. Like, me and my agent, Reggie, we'll go back and forth about the game, and we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, but it's hard to, for me to actually watch the game. That's why I'm trying to get over there so I can actually be there, uh, present, and, and be able to witness one. Because I've never actually been to a soccer game, but heard it was really fun. Um, my mom, like I said, my mom went, so I'm looking forward to getting to one. I mean, that energy, you know, I haven't been to Stanford Bridge yet. I've been to like some Bulldogs League matches and all, and it's just the energy is different. But I imagine I went to UMass. I played my college football at UMass. You played at Alabama, man. Like that whole, the crowd situation there, playing at a Stanford Bridge, I can imagine that type of energy can be something completely different in a sense, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I definitely think the energy is probably different. Like my, so my mom actually, when she went to a match, she sent me a video 
of kind of just the crowd, like how loud it was. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it sounded like it was louder than a football game. I don't know, but it sounded like it, it might it might be, you know, competing uh, like pretty short because she was at one and they were blowing the horns and, and you know, doing a lot of the stuff. So it was wild. So that's why I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but now football, football a stadium can get really loud. But I think I think that soccer match that, that I saw that she showed me was, was pretty loud. So it might have been louder than a, than a football game. Yeah, no doubt. I was going to say it's, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, a normal like NFL stadium has like what, 60 to 80,000 seats. But you yeah. got like a fraction of that in most stadiums. It's like the caps that I, I believe Stanford Bridge somewhere around 40,000. So when that's packed, the sound is very different because it's a lot of people, but enclosed. Yeah, enclosed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, already, I already know how that gets. It gets real, <laughs> real loud. I've been, I've been to a game like that before where the stadium was like enclosed. Right. And it felt like the ground was shaking. Like that's how loud it got. So I already know that. I already know that. When I look at you, man, I see the hair, I see the styles, kind of like a young Trevor Chalaba in a way. And uh, last year, you got your first interception against Dallas, your first career NFL pick. Trevor Chalaba scored earlier in his first uh, career appearance for Chelsea. Is it when you're young, you get in there, you get your first one, is that, is, do you get that feeling of, all right, now the floodgates are open, now I've arrived? Every time, man, every time, yeah, I think you get that feeling, especially when, like you said, when, when I was young, well, I still am young, but like I say, it was my first year, um, you know, coming into it. And, and that was my first, my first actual real, real game. And having a pick, you know, it definitely got me, got me started. I felt a lot comfortable, more comfortable than I was uh, the whole entire season. And uh, I'm looking to, you know, carry on with it and, and, you know, go, go forward with it. So, you know, I'll be looking to, to, to make, make plays for my, for my team, for my defense. Um, so that's that's the routine. And there's something about that pick. There's a, there's another layer to it I wanted to mention. I said this before we started recording. It was off Andy Dalton. You know who he supports? Manchester City. Uh, Thank you so much, Xavier uh, McKinney. Wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> Where to end that, Andre? Where to end that, Andre? That's how we're going to end that interview, man. Xavier McKinney, New York Giants, man. We thank you for joining the Chelsea Mic'd Up podcast. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, man. We love to see it. That's how you do it. Even in the NFL, you can have a little bit of Premier League rivalry. That's how you do it. You snack, you snatch a pick off of a Manchester City supporter. So it's all good. We love it, Xavier McKinney. That was incredible. So you've all heard from us. Now it's time that we hear from you, the fans. What do you have on your minds? It's mailbag time. And uh, as we were just talking about the lineup against Norwich, Julian G wants to join the conversation. Taking the Champions League into consideration, do you see Saul fitting in to the lineup against Norwich? It's a luxury, isn't it, to have so many players to, to look to and the option. We haven't even mentioned Hakim Ziyech. You know, there, there are so many attacking outlets and players that, I mean, Hakim's a player that... It, Obviously, we saw what he could do before he came to Chelsea in the Champions League, especially he's got the ability to win a game on his own. There are so many, but Saul's a really interesting one, isn't he? Because he came he came in on loan and it was, I think Thiago Silva spoke to him after his debut and said, don't worry, people have had worse debuts. And, you know, he could draw on the experience that he had when he made his, his Premier League debut up at West Brom. And, you know, so it didn't go perfectly for him, but he's, he's a strong character. He's a strong player. He's got a lot to give and there will be opportunities. You can guarantee that. And people like Ross Barkley and you look at the games coming up, we mentioned like Southampton coming up in the Carabao Cup. That'll be a game where be, you'll, be, you'll be seeing elements of rotation as well. But 
momentum's got to be key, hasn't it, at this stage of the season? Thomas mentioned about the, the obviously the, the fact that there are so many breaks with regards to it, the international breaks that are from here through to the, the end of the calendar year. And things tend to sort of, I would say, calm down because you've then got the FA Cup and you've got the knockout stages of the Champions League, hopefully. So that's when we get into the business end of the season, but there's less international football when you get into the into the new year. So it is, it is a little bit, you know, stop, start from now and, until then. But the fact that we've got the talent available um, to come in and you, you look at, even at the back, you've got Thiago Silva who'll be, who'll be available. You've got Tony Rudiger coming back from injury, you know. So there are certainly options there, but I would, you know, people say about momentum. Momentum's got to be key at the moment. Yes, we're top of the table, but they're not going to want to take the foot off the gas. Not at all, especially when you got depth. Well, we're, what I've learned today, depth is a luxury. Canned water. <laughs> Living that luxurious right. life. Lee. Thank you all for writing in. As a reminder, you can always send your questions in each week by tagging at Chelsea FC in USA with the hashtag CMU Mailbag. As promised, we're here to talk about Chelsea versus Malmo. Andre, let me get your TFC, your thoughts, your feelings, and your concerns. Thoughts, feelings, concerns. I was happy that we controlled a match from start to finish. Uh, I think even the commentator here, was it was funny. He was like, this is about the time when uh, Chelsea lost control of the Brentford match when it was around the 70th minute. And I was like, please don't remind me. Um, but yeah, we, it was a comfortable match. It was controlled. The only thing, I mean, obviously that hurts are the injuries. Those are the only things that, that really hurt. Those are my concerns, but overall, that's what you want to see Chelsea do. And Tuchel's Chelsea can really just constrict the team like that and dominate. And now this gives us even more of a look at guys like Kai Havertz, you know, guys like Hudson Odor, you know, RLC is going to get back out there. I just kind of wish that we had been able to have more fluidity in previous matches so so Tuchel didn't feel like he had to start this. this yeah. it, it was a really strong lineup, and I feel like he felt like he had to start this lineup because you have to get them confidence, and unfortunately our two, you know, strongest attackers, the one tasked with scoring the, the bags of goals that we need, are the two that go out of the match early, but you know, that is the unfortunate part. The, the, the part that was, that was dope, especially the first part, the first, very first goal, Andreas Christensen getting his first goal for Chelsea in, in like actual like live senior level action. That was incredible. Plus, it was like this wild flying volley thing. <laughs> I don't know what he yeah, did, but I loved sick, it. Sick cross from uh, Thiago Silva, who's yes, sir. back. You know, he didn't play last uh, match because of the international time. So, and having to get a look at guys, look, Reese James came in. Sayo Niguez played, Marco Alonso played uh, towards the end. So you got a chance to look at even more guys and secure the win. It's just, it, it, it was rainy, sloppy out there at <laughs> nighttime. That's one of those games where it's like, yo, let's just beat up on them and get up out of here. And that's exactly what they did. And yo, I, I, I got to shout out Hudson Odoi because that run that he made before the assist, and I actually thought maybe he hit that assist a bit too heavy. I thought that that last pass to Havertz was going to roll to the keeper. But Havertz showed, showed a little bit of quickness, a little burst of acceleration. I know he has top line speed, but that was some quick, uh, some quick steps to catch up to that one and be able to dink the keeper too. So I really like seeing that combination. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like those two are probably going to have to connect a lot more uh, in matches coming up, given who we're missing now. All right, that's Brendan London, Andre Carlisle. That's our recap to Chelsea Malmo.
right, so we're at the top of the league, ladies and gentlemen. Feeling good, feeling great, feeling great, feeling good. It would be so sweet to get a couple more points ahead of Liverpool and City in the table. So let's make it happen this weekend versus Norwich. Remember, you can find anything and everything on Chelsea through the Fifth Stand app. And please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. I say it every week. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their mamas. We want blue flags flying high across America as they already are. And thank you once again for joining the Chelsea Miked Up podcast. We'll see you all next week. Let's go Blues.